0: And we are live. What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy, live here on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So, mixing things up today on Thursday, I uh, do not have the regular guest, Steffi. I actually have another great guest on the show, uh, somehow convinced him to come on. I'm very appreciative of that. I have Eric Moody. So, Moody, appreciate you uh, being on the show tonight.
1: No, I appreciate the, uh, the invites. Uh- very excited. You know, it's always fun to have a, a game of, you know, true false and the, and the top fantasy football. So, uh, hey, if you need me, I'm
0: here. I really appreciate that. It wasn't tons and tons of notice, but uh, shout out the, the, the DM. And, uh, again, very appreciative of you being here. So a little bit about Moody, some some spark notes about him, and I'm going to let this guy plug himself because he's very busy and very active in the, the fantasy community and the fantasy world. But a member of the FSWA uh, in the past, so you've been featured on – four for four fantasy data dynasty league football rotoviz fantasy pros gridiron experts two qbs the athletic and now most recently the senior analyst at pro football network so if you actually google or want to check out some of eric moody's work you can look uh look up his name and uh, go to the pro football network website he's got some recent pieces that um He's, he's been active already with. He has Moody's mailbag. Uh, you have the top NFL rookies the target for redraft, mm-hmm. running past pass heavy offenses with fantasy value. So he's hitting a bunch of different topics, and he's not just briefly touching them. He's, he's writing some great articles on them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Moody, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where to find you, and, and what you've been working on and, and everything you do?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for uh, you know that that brief plug. And so, um, you know, as Nick mentioned, you know, senior fantasy analyst over at our Pro Football Network. So, essentially, my role there, you know, I create written audio and video fantasy football content just for those that you know if you aren't familiar with pro football network you know we're the primary voice you know for pro football so we create a lot of content on the site you know all the latest nfl news and rumors uh analysis regarding like fantasy football betting you know the nfl draft college football and more but i know nick mentioned uh, you know a lot of my uh, recent work you know that's over there another piece i would like to plug uh which was, i thought was a really one of my most recent favorite ones would be, uh, it's an article around uh, Chase Edmonds. I know we have a NFL insider, you know, that recently joined Pro Football Network. Adam Beasley, and so he broke some news around Chase Edmonds, you know, being the RB one and getting the majority of the opportunity share in that backfield from James Conner uh, in Arizona. So I wrote a fantasy piece kind of surrounding, you know, that news, and I built some of my up- updated projections into that. And so that was really a nice uh, collaboration between uh, you know Adam and myself. So I look forward to doing more pieces like that here in the uh, the near future. But you can find all my content there and reach out on Twitter. Always happy to help.
0: I like the fact that um, you're receiving some some recent news and you're taking it and breaking it down because um, we see so much camp talk during this time of year and so Mm -hmm. much uh, of the coaches talking about things. And it's easy to talk about, you know, Delvin cook and Christian McCaffrey, but it's not so easy to talk about some backfields that we have tons of questions about Arizona Mm -hmm. Cardinals being one of them. So I I do Mm -hmm. respect that a lot, uh, jumping on some news and putting your own spin on your thoughts on that. So that, that is awesome. And something to definitely look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, as we get into the show, I have to always plug this podcast is partnered up with Fantasy Points Media Group. So that is my one-stop shop for everything fantasy as a content creator. If you're looking for a redraft, dynasty, DFS, best ball, all in one spot. So check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe, promo code 21win10. So as uh, Moody briefly mentioned before, we're talking some true or false, some fantasy true or false. I think this time of year, we're slowly getting into actual camp, but there's tons of questions and statements that come out for fantasy football. So I have a great mind on the show, so I'm definitely going to pick a great mind and ask Moody some true or false fantasy questions here. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Looks like we have some good live viewers and we will get to that in a second here. Fa game I feel but I can't forgive. I go all' in this time yeah I won't regret I'll pick the best on trip they don't understand I play to win yeah play to win I play to win yeah yeah play to win I play to win yeah play to win I play to win yeah yeah play to win I play to win so as mentioned before the uh, the intro video there we're going to talk some fantasy true or false but I have to touch on one of the most recent news I feel like today the sleeper app has been going off here and there for different bits of news. But the biggest piece of news this week, Moody, is, is Cam Akers. I'm sure you've talked about it before, but I want to make sure we touch base on it on, on the podcast here. So for those of you who may have missed it, Cam Akers is set to miss the entire 2021 season with a torn Achilles. It's a it's a tough injury. Massive blow for a running back that a lot of people were expecting to break out this year. Um, we look at the team that they have right now. Daryl Henderson he had some chances this past season before eventually losing the job to Cam. but he had some decent fantasy weeks, 20.1, 19 points, 21.8 points, 15.4 points. That's PPR. He had some, some decent weeks this past year and uh, his stock seems to have skyrocketed. They've had some special team players being mentioned. Uh, Xavier Jones mm-hmm. is a big name. They have Raymond Calais. Uh, they also have seventh round rookie Jake Funk. Um, so mm-hmm. there's big questions Who's going to be the guy? There's other people that chime in and say, hey, there's some other good guys floating out there. You know, Todd Gurley before the bye this past year, weeks one through nine was the RB six. I've heard a lot of that. I've heard Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Duke Johnson, a bunch of names. People are saying trade for James Robinson, trade for Melvin Gordon. There's so much talk right now. And Moody, Mm -hmm. having you on the show, I I have to have to pick your mind. What what do you think is going to be the eventual move for the Rams? It's, It's tough to tell. But what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, obviously my opinion, it, it's not going to be like a, a high profile move, uh, you know, to your point, I'm like Daryl Henderson performed very, very well, you know, and given an opportunity last year, especially early in the year. And so I, I think we see a scenario, you know, the Rams going to training camp, you know, they got Daryl Henderson, got Xavier Jones, Jake Funk. And, you know, with the comments, they may be acting stoic, you know, publicly stating that, hey, we don't have any plans to sign a free agent running back my personal opinion i'd love to see them target uh, someone like duke johnson uh, if you look at duke johnson's career i'm like he hasn't gotten a substantial like opportunity share but he has been productive you know in 91 active games and like he's only average you know, nine and a half opportunities, you know, 52 total yards and like 10 PPR fantasy points up per game. And so I think he can be a valuable contributor, you know, to the Rams uh, backfield. I'm like, you can line him up all over the field as a receiver. You know, he can impact the game as a runner receiver out of the backfield. So that's a move that i like to see see them make because to be candid, I'm really surprised that Duke Johnson is still out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's been floating out in free agency and yeah. and it's been interesting. I think he's a guy for dynasty leagues. A lot of people have still kind of held on to because they can see him coming in into for fantasy purposes, being this uh good pass catching back out of the backfield and mm-hmm. I think I think what you bring a good point to is they might be looking to Henderson is, is a guy that's going to get a lot of touches, and how do we complement him in the backfield? And if you bring in a guy that has the same sort of profile as H- Henderson, I mean, what, what are we going to get from that? I think a lot of these backfields we've seen eventually for the one-two punches, two guys that are different. You know, a lot of people, we talked about it, Steffi and I, on the show before. You know, it was interesting seeing the Raiders bring in Kenyon Drake because it seems like him and Josh Jacobs aren't these, like, massively different uh mm-hmm. Uh, profile players. So I, I think Duke Johnson um, is, is, is a good, uh, good, good person to think about there. Um, mm-hmm. Would you, would you, would you say, let's say deeper, deeper dynasty leagues. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. curve balls at you here. No, that's fine. Would, you, would you, would you, would you try to, you know, check out that waiver wire or check out some of these low price guys now in order to maybe capitalize later down the road, or do you just kind of kind of got to play it by ear for this?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's any harm in kind of speculating a little bit, depending if you have the uh, the roster spot like available. So, just asking someone like uh, like Duke Johnson or any other kind of under the radar uh, running back that's on your waiver wire, it's not never a bad move. You can always just drop them later.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and all the people that have been throwing the names for a trade. It would be interesting to see how that would work out because it seems like the Rams are usually off hauling their picks in advance because they're in this, this win now mode. So uh de- definitely a devastating injury. Um Always want to, um, you know, look out for the guy that got hurt and, and prayers up for Cam Akers. Hopefully he returns back. Um, a lot of people have been trying to compare this Situation to other running backs that have happened, but the sample size isn't you know as massive. So, no, my not. one last bit of advice is like, I probably wouldn't sell him for like a fourth round in dynasty, I think I'd I just kind of sit tight and just pivot in in fantasy. Um, but that's that's just kind of what I'm getting after. Um, so, uh, obviously, want to talk about that, but let's get into the bulk of the show. So, uh, fantasy true or false? So, I'm going to ask. Moody, some questions here, and these are a bunch of random questions, but I think what we get at after answering these questions might be valuable pieces of information for 2021 and, and, and forward here. So mm-hmm. I have a bunch of different positional things, team things, and what I'm going to ask Moody is, do you think the statement I'm asking or the question I'm asking is more true or more false and then why? So let's get right into that. First, we'll talk about the uh, the Baltimore Ravens here. So Mark Andrews, tight end six in 2020. The Ravens added Rashad Bateman from Minnesota in round one. Teelan Wallace from Oklahoma State in round four. On a side note, Sammy Watkins is now a Raven as well. So first question, Moody, true or false? The additions of Rashad Bateman and Teelan Wallace hurts Andrews' fantasy value. What do we so think my- of that?
1: Yeah, my, my answer on this one is false, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Like, you look at Mark Andrews, you know, he's accumulated 186 targets over the last two seasons, uh, you know, based on my projections. And when you look at Andrews, you know, I can see him getting around like 105 targets, you know, 65 receptions, 850 receiving yards and like eight touchdowns. I'm like, again, he has the potential to finish as a top five uh, fantasy tight end, you know, PPR formats. So you look at Bateman, I think Bateman, you know, has like a legitimate chance to finish, you know, is really the most targeted Ravens wide receiver. I'm like if you look at uh, Marquise Brown and Bateman, you know, I have both of them combined for around 185 targets. I do think it's in the realm of possibility that Bateman does out target uh, Marquise Brown. It just depends on how quickly he gets calibrated with Lamar Jackson. I'm like, you look at Bateman's like final season uh, or college season, I would say um, it was derailed, you know, by COVID-19. Uh, But his 2019 season was, like, exquisite, you know, for those that, you know, may have forgotten. I'm like, you know, a little bit over 1,200 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, The guy's phenomenal, like, at yards after the catch. uh, Tackle-breaking abilities there. You know, he's great. Uh, When you look at Lamar Jackson, you know, I have him projected for around 460 pass attempts. So I I think it's possible that you you have, uh, I I think, definitely two Ravens pass catchers that have over 100 targets, but it's in the realm of possibility that we have three. And I think it will be Andrews. Uh, possibly Brown and Bateman.
0: I I, I like a lot of the points too, because again, we're, we're talking about Andrews here, but now we start throwing in names of of guys like Rashad Bateman, who I think kind of slipped off the radar for some people, because I think the, the generic like stance on the Ravens is this is a run heavy offense that doesn't really focus on the pass, even Mm -hmm. though for a lot of people, Bateman was their wide receiver, two or three, some people number one out of this draft class. Um, And I think he's on a good offense. And I think this offense, we know they're going to run the ball a ton. But running the ball a ton is going to put them in some good field positions. I think for Andrews, having the focus in the past of Marquise Brown and Willie Sneed, I think that's different for a defense prepping to play them than having Rashad Bateman. And now you have Marquise and you have Wallace as well. So I think there might even be, I know it's generic to say this too, there might be the possibility of more freedom on the field for Mark Andrews in comparison to the past where, who are they really throwing the ball to? Yeah. Um, I, I think this season's going to be huge for Lamar Jackson, have more options. But mm-hmm. I think Bateman Bateman's a guy that kind of fell off the radar that can have mm-hmm. sneaky sneaky value because, like Moody said, and I'm in agreement with it, he might just be the most targeted guy on the Ravens for that wide receiver core. So mm-hmm. I, I do think Mark Andrews is set to have the same sort of year, if not have a little bit more freedom around the field. Mm-hmm. Do do you um do you think? Lamar Jackson, this is a side, I'm going to have a couple side questions here. Do you Uh, think Lamar Jackson's, do you think he's going to have an elevated fantasy season in comparison to last year due to the additions? Or do you think the whole scheme is going to be somewhat the same as as they've been operating?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be uh, eerily similar to how it was uh, last year. I know he started off slow, but if you look at like, especially the second half of the season, I'm like, he finished very, very strong. So I do believe that we'll see um, even more of a progression uh, from Lamar Jackson. But to kind of echo your points a little bit too, Nick, is that I'm mean, like they've got him surrounded by like his best supporting cast that he's had in his career. You know that he has to leverage those weapons. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens.
0: And for Andrews, do you have him kind of projected around the same area as we've been projecting him then? I don't know if you have came out with your own rankings yet or anything like that, but is he kind of safely within that top five or six for you, do you think, for this season?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. He's definitely in the top six. So um, he'll have to have some things kind of go his way for him to finish, like in the top three. But I think anywhere from three to six is very, very reasonable.
0: Absolutely. I'm in total agreement with that. So, and that's a good, my whole thinking making this question is we, we start thinking kind of too far ahead of sometimes because you add some pieces to a team and you think that people that have been good might not be as important, but he can be the same sort of value um, with the same sort of ceiling, I think. Um, so let, let's move over to Denver. Denver's had a lot of questions this offseason. I mean, we can talk about the wide receiver core, what that's going to look like, who's more important who's going to be playing quarterback. We can go to the running back position and say, who's who's going to win this job and keep this job. Denver is very interesting. The one thing I'm super happy with uh, as far as the Denver Broncos is that they let the guy behind me slip to my Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. So I, I'm, I'm a side Denver fan, I think, for that. But in, in all seriousness, uh, Cortland Sutton was the wide receiver 19 in 2019 before an injury plague 2020. So he was out pretty much the entire season. Uh, this past year. First round pick Jerry Judy had 113 targets his rookie year. We now have this dilemma also on the Broncos with Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater, who is now on the team. Who's going to win that job? And a lot of people have said statements regarding the wide receivers. Hey, if this guy is the starting quarterback, this wide receiver will be the wide receiver one. Some people have said, I don't care who the quarterback is. This guy is the wide receiver one. So because of these multiple questions I've seen, at least, my question to you, mm-hmm. true or false? Who finishes higher in fantasy for the wide receiver position between Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. and Jerry Judy is dependent on if the QB is lock or Bridgewater? True or false? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for, for that one, I'm, I'm going with false on this one as well, because if you look at like wide receiver stats and like the ones that are really predictive, you know, the ones that are really sticky, um, obviously targets, you know, air yards, uh, looking at it on a per game basis. But if you look at Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, I'm like both are projected, you know, for at least 120 or more targets. So I, I think both of them are, are going to have an eerily similar target share. It's kind of more of like a 1A and a 1B. But uh, the quarterback competition between like Bridgewater and Locke, I'm like it's ultimately going to benefit the offense, and this is why. Uh, you look at Bridgewater. I'm like he's got a career uh, a career completion percentage of 66.5%, and he's average in his career 7.3 yards per attempt. You know, an average. Uh, you look at Locke. It's a little bit more hideous. You know, 59% completion percentage. <laughs> yep. You know, 6.6. You know, yards. You know, per attempt per average. So. I'm like, if you look at it, it's, easily to, it's easy to say, OK, hey, Bridgewater is going to be the superior option. But again, I think the bottom line is that whoever wins the job is going to benefit the Broncos. You know, uh, when you look at the quarterback position, uh, I know it's insane, but it, it is possible You know, that Drew Locke maximized like his offseason and he's actually improving as an NFL quarterback going into this season. So if you look at Judy and Sutton, I think both of them can exceed, you know, thousand receiving yards in 2021. I think both are really nice values in drafts right now.
0: The, the interest in kind of like what you just ended with, with Drew Locke. I, I, I think I mentioned this on a podcast before, but I played uh, I played college soccer um yeah. back in Illinois. And uh, every year we'd have some transfer students come in and, These guys are transferring in with the intent to come and take people's jobs. So I think that sometimes back in the day when we had some starters from the previous year, seeing guys from the same position coming in, it was this massive like breathing on your neck saying, hey, either you improve and you do things better this season or the guy behind you is taking that job. And maybe to maybe for Drew Locke, it's been a big push for him in the offseason to say, hey, you might have the keys right now, but. If you drop the keys, this other guy's in a pickup and you know drive the car here. So Mm -hmm. it'll it'll be interesting. I'm my my opinion. I'm curious to hear yours. I think that they might let Drew Locke prove himself and and have the role early on, and then it might be a short leash versus the other way around, where you give the new guy the job and it, maybe it doesn't work out. So you go back to your younger um, who was supposed to be franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's a weird way to go about it. I think they might give Drew mm-hmm. Locke the job and say, Hey, if you don't perform, it's going to be Teddy's job. Do you, do you think, what's your thoughts on that? How, how, how that might roll out. It's kind of unpredictable right now. And it's back and forth, but what, what's your thoughts with that?
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those scenarios. At least when I look at our projections like right now, it's, I have them both projected to, to make starts. It is not a clean situation, uh, you know, to your point. It's not clean at all. But I'm like, again, if we're looking just at Judy and Sutton, I'm like, they're still going to get the targets. It could be from Bridgewater. It could be from Block, but they're still going to get fed.
0: Yeah, and, and when it comes to those two guys uh, – I was in a conversation earlier. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Jerry Judy truther. I think that mm-hmm. personally, uh, he's my wide receiver one out of this past draft class. I think mm-hmm. the talents there. I think he had a lot a lot against him. I think he's got to clean some some things up in his game. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. from this previous season. But um, it was interesting to think about uh, the, the the push and give between the two quarterbacks. But I, I think at the end of the day, I'm with you in saying both guys for fantasy. Both of these wide receivers can have a nice season because either Drew Locke is going to be competent or Teddy Bridgewater will be, it's going to be Mm -hmm. one or the other. Um, And I think whoever does start, if they're not, things will be fixed. And it's way better than the situation that was there last season. That's, that's for sure. Do do you have a big, big gap between Sutton and Judy, or do you think they're going to finish kind of neck and neck for fantasy?
1: Yeah, I I think they, yeah, I was, I was was looking at the Broncos uh, stuff earlier today. It's uh, kind of
0: tough. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like I could see just based on my memory thinking thinking of the spreadsheet for where Sutton may have like anywhere from like 100 to 300 additional yards and Judy uh, but but I think Judy's in a good spot to get 1000 receiving yards and it maybe it's a scenario where Sutton may be at like 1200 but then Judy may end up being like at 950 or a thousand uh, but it's going to be um, it's going to be close and I think both are really good values it's one of those scenarios if you're in a draft where you're like okay who should I pick I would just go with whoever whoever remains because you may end up getting like a value they could one of them could end up going like a round or two later uh, than if you drafted them at their adp so that's the way that I would approach it you know just in a draft.
0: And we've seen uh, for fantasy purposes, we've seen some decent games out of lock with Sutton before. So we know that Mm -hmm. that is a capability. We also saw Teddy Bridgewater this past season support three top 25 wide receivers, even though he's not the most sexy fantasy quarterback. So Mm -hmm. there is definitely, definitely opportunity for both of these guys there. Yeah. Uh, we'll, We'll move on here to the running back position. And again, Uh, Moody, for these shows uh, on Thursdays, we we talk about a variety of things, kind of bounce around sometimes. I think there are shows where I kind of transition nicely into things, but I think from a listener's perspective, it's kind of nice to hear just all different things that they might be thinking, different positions, different teams. So I'm bouncing around here, but I think uh, everything's kind of flowing good at the end. So we'll we'll get into the next guy here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, this is interesting. Weeks 1 through 17, Jonathan Taylor finishes the RB6. Mm -hmm. Weeks 13 through 17 this past season, he was on an absolute tear. He was the RB1. So talk about a guy who had another guy in his system with Hines who had some great games, took some passing work away, but Jonathan Taylor still went on a tear. It was very good year one for fantasy. Mm -hmm. So that draws the question. You know, there's a lot of dynasty people, including myself. I I love playing dynasty that starts Mm -hmm. to think ahead who's going to eventually be that that McCaffrey, who's eventually going to be that that RB1. So my true or false to you Moody is if Jonathan Taylor finishes the season again as a top 10 running back, he should be in consideration for the dynasty overall RB1. Is that true or false to you?
1: I will say on this one it is true. Oh, I mean, all right. All right. You you brought up a lot of good points and I'll, I'll back it up uh The Colts, you know, they gradually worked Taylor into the rotation last season, but he he went like final boss form, uh, like fully unleashed, like from week 11 to 17. I'm like, if you look at some of the, yeah, I'm like, he just went boom. But, you know, he played 61% of the offensive snaps, uh, averaged around like 23 opportunities per game, uh, 139.5 total yards, you know, 24.3 PPR fantasy points, five RB1 finishes out out of those six games. Um, so phenomenal. Um, I know some draft analysts going into, you know, the draft, I think we're concerned about like his limited reception totals and drops, you know, coming out of Wisconsin. But I, I think the guy is very capable as a receiver out of the backfield. i like, he ended the season with four consecutive games of four more targets.
0: I'm like he averaged like the ninth
1: most fantasy points per target, just ahead of Vikings running back Dalvin cook. Um, you know, he finished as a, I think a top six uh, PPR back, I think RB six, if my memory serves me right, you know, with 253 uh, PPR fantasy points uh, as a 21 year old rookie. Like, if you look at like history, I'm like, it bodes well. I'm like, this is a guy, he's really just scratching the surface of, of what he's capable of as a pro. I'm like, the only running backs who have scored like 250 or more PPR fantasy points during the age 21 seasons, like over the last 10 years, uh, were uh, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. And so, With that type of company, you know, going into, you know, his second season, solid Colts game, solid offensive line. I'm like, again, he's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of. So from a dynasty lens, I think that bodes pretty well for his
0: outlook. I completely agree. And I love the fact that you brought up the pass catching because I think that when people try to project the dynasty RB1 We've seen a couple different guys float around there at some point. We saw Christian McCaffrey pro- probably spend the most time as the Dynasty mm-hmm. RB1, but people had Saquon there as well. Back in the day, it might have been Zeke. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook floats around there, and what do those guys all have in common? They, they catch the ball. And I know I know Hines is there, and he's a massive pass catcher, but like you said, Moody, this, this guy had some decent targeted games. Uh, you go down the list, he had games where he had six, four, four, and four receptions mm-hmm. on some decent targets, and and mm-hmm. he caught the ball – off my memory I'm pretty sure like at like an 88% catch rate or something like that so he was very efficient in the passing game and and then you look at the last few weeks from 13 to 17 like like I uh, mentioned and you mentioned before scoring 22.5 30.5 he had a 38.4 fantasy week in in uh the last week of the season with 253 rushing yards so for a guy that can do it all if he comes in year 2 as a as a dynasty ranker let's say you are or if you're trying to make some targets for a big trade this guy might just be he he might just be the overall rb1 i think this year is going to be very telling because obviously we know that they have a new quarterback at hand and uh, this guy's in year two and he's very young so i I can i can see it happening i can see it happening um i think with taylor is, is there are you concerned at all this year if Hines digs too much into his role or do you think based off of seeing enough passing work that it'll be kind of consistent with that um, th- this year again?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be consistent. Uh, I believe what we saw uh, later in the season will be kind of what all of uh, 2021 uh, will look like you know, for Taylor. And, and I know he's aware of like what his opportunities are. I know he's been, according to reports, working on his uh, pass catching skills uh, this off season. So I, I think we'll see the more progression, you know, that's there. It's just like if you're, again, if you're an employee like at a company, you know, you have year-end, your end, your year end review. We I mean, you talk about your shrimps and what your opportunities are. I mean, if you're going to develop like a coaching action plan to address, you know, those opportunities. Same thing in the NFL. You know, the, these are professionals. You know, the, the, you know. This is their career, you know their their day to day job, and you know they they know what they need to work on, and, and he's the type of guy that he will put the work in to improve. So I can't wait to see it.
0: And you, and you love to see that because we've seen enough in some mm-hmm. other sports where, and I won't say any names, you know I I'm rocking the the Bucks jersey right now. I'm I've been a Bucks fan in Chicago since 2021, um, and <laughs> all uh in all series. So, but we've seen guys in like the NBA, uh, guys from from Philly, for instance, who can't really shoot free throws, right? And never really worked to get better at it, it seems like. But you got a guy in Jonathan Taylor at a high level who wants to get after maybe an aspect of his game that he needs to improve upon. So I, I love that point. I also like the – I actually like having some other guys in the system that can kind of complement him because we see often some guys get run into the ground, and that was a major concern for Taylor coming into the NFL is – this yeah. guy's been used and abused at Wisconsin, and he's going to come into the NFL and have all this wear and tear. So having a guy like Hines who can just, like, come in, relieve uh, Jonathan Taylor for mm-hmm. some reps, get in some passing work, and, and switch up the game I think is actually a benefit, whereas, yeah. you know, some fantasy people will say, oh, man, I just want him to be the Christian McCaffrey and just do every single thing in his offense. So mm-hmm. a lot of interesting things to think about versus what was said before.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So I got another running back. We'll go right into a running back. This is where we're flowing into the topic actually correctly here. But um, the Patriots. Patriots have been an interesting uh, team to talk about in the offseason here. So 2019 third-round pick, Damian Harris. Has some camp talk that he might be the number one guy. There's some good good camp talk about him. Um, 5.0 yards per carry on 691 rushing yards in 2020. Got some opportunities then. Uh, Cam Newton, though, looks like he's holding this role. He's got Mac Jones. Uh, we said it before, the analogy kind of breathing out his neck, wanting to play football. But it looks like Cam Newton's holding this role. So my question to you, Moody, true or false? Damian Harris's value will be dependent on if Cam Newton or Mac Jones is the quarterback for more games this season. Is that true or false?
1: Yeah, for this one it is false. I'm going with I'm going with false on this one. So um, you look at New England. My um, day have consistently had a, a very robust running game uh, for years, and they've had outstanding offensive line play, uh, just consistently year in and year out for well over like a decade. And so uh, Damian Harris, I'm like he can thrive whether Newton's under center, you know, or Max Jones, or Mac, Max Jones. Mac Jones. (laughs) So I'm like, you look at David Harris, like last year, he got off to like a a really slow start. I know he kind of dealt with that ankle injury, but once he got going, I'm like, he was really going because he, you know, the 10 games that he played, like he averaged nearly 14 rushing attempts and 69 rushing yards per game, averaged five yards per rushing attempt last year while facing stacked boxes on a little bit over 42% of his rushing attempts. So I'm like phenomenal in between the tackles and uh, can really create yards, you know, especially after contact, you know, all those things you want a running back. So uh, the Patriots, I know they didn't pick up running back, uh, Sony Michelle's fifth year option. And uh, at least in my opinion, I'm like, he's a candidate to be cut, you know, during the preseason, which could open up the door even more for Damian Harris. And so you're looking at Harris this year. I'm like, he could easily be provided like 240 or more rushing attempts, like in 2021. These are really nice value at his ADP right now, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no. I think news broke today. Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is on the injured list as well. Not that he was going to come and you know yeah. definitely steal the job or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, the backfield is getting a little bit thinner. I had a I had Scott Barrett on the show a couple weeks ago from mm-hmm. Fantasy Points, and oh, you yeah. know he he wrote an article talking about the uh, Konami Code uh, for mm-hmm. quarterbacks and some myths. And I I feel like there's always this big stamp on hey if the quarterback runs the running back's not going to be too good and you know cam newton if he's a quarterback he's going to steal all the goal line work because he scored 12 touchdowns this past season but on the same note and i've said this before and maybe i'm maybe i'm off but i think that this year the patriots with bill belichick i think they brought in two tight ends for a good reason. They brought in some mm-hmm. other guys, Nelson Aguilar, yeah. and some some other Kendrick Bourne. But I think they're going to be very methodical about the way that they manage the game and the way that they move up the field. And I think moving up the field might be heavy usage for the tight ends. It might be heavy usha- uh, usage, hard words, on mm-hmm. on the run. So I think if that's the system they play versus like this high flying offense like fast paced like the cardinals it's not going to be like that i think it's going to be very mm-hmm. methodical get up the field do things the right way be smart about the way they play and i think teams that play that way the run game's important so if mm-hmm. that's the way that they play even if it's mac jones or even if it's cam newton i think harris might have some good value and he's going very low i, I don't know the yeah. adp off the top of my head but you said he's going to be he could be a very good value right now so um mm-hmm. is he is he a guy that you would say hey Target later in the drafts because he can step up this year and be a good flex or an RB uh, fantasy asset.
1: Yeah, I look at Harris and like he's a solid uh, RB three, you know, with upside or an upside flex. It's just I, I feel like over the last like month, I'm like his ADP has been kind of rising a little bit. If my memory serves me right, I, I think it's now in the fifth or sixth round, uh, like in twelve team PPR. So. I think with some of the news flow, it's impacting like his, uh, his ADP, but I still like him like in that range. And then if you're someone that's implementing like a zero running back strategy and I'm like, you're looking for a running back in the fifth or sixth round. Um, he's not a bad target, you know, as your, is your first running back off the board. I'm like, it's definitely some upside, you know, that's there in my opinion, but yeah.
0: And I think if that is your strategy, once you get to the later rounds, I think you have to kind of look and, and identify, Hey, I'm weighing these two guys out who can get some nice volume. I think volume is everything for the running back position. So if a guy like Harris can get nice vol- uh, volume, then it could be a good value because it's not always the the easiest thing to get as a running back. All right. So ne- next one on the list here, we see stacks all the time for fantasy. Uh, it's, it seems like it's, it's a big draft season, whether it's best ball or uh, a <laughs> dynasty startups, redraft season is right around the corner mm-hmm. and, you know, Some people talk about, hey, if you're going to stack, do it this way or don't stack. Uh, And when we talk about stack, for those that maybe are not familiar with what that actually means, it's when you're just grabbing two players from the same team. Um, A lot of times people will look at stacking a quarterback with a wide receiver or a tight end on the same team um, because of the opportunity for good fantasy points. And one stack that comes to mind for a lot of people is the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey stack. For fantasy, there's a lot of stacks you can have though for fantasy across all the teams. My question to you, Moody if you're stacking, is the Mahomes Kelsey stack the best possible stack for 2021? Is that true or false?
1: I'd say it's true. I'm I'm gonna go with true on this one because I'm like, you look at Mahomes, I'm like, he's finished as a QB1 in 71% of his games over the last three seasons. He's averaged 27 fantasy points per game. You look at Kelsey. It's, it's good. been phenomenal. I'm like 18.5 PPR fantasy points per game over that same time frame. Like this is a guy that's finished as a tight end one in 87% of his games like in PPR. I'm like, if you, if you do stack them like this season, I'm like, if you look at, um kind of looking at my projections, I'm like, they could easily combine for like 45 to 50 uh, PPR points per game. Like in 2021, I'm like, who wouldn't want that? Right.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can't argue with you. I, I think, yeah. you know, I, I've saw, I've seen this question multiple times um, just scanning Twitter uh, you know what's the best stack and a lot of people like to argue well it comes down to ADP or comes down to what's the actual ceiling for players and I've seen some stacks such as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs or Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen or Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf but I think when it comes to that I think all of those stacks can be good I think they all can be good but I think when it comes to fantasy, you have to sometimes look at how do I get the best advantage in my league? And mm-hmm. for all of those situations, if all of your league mates mm-hmm. have those stacks we just mentioned, you can have the Mahomes and Kelsey stack mm-hmm. and have the tight end quarterback advantage and, and then just compete at the wide receiver position because it's mm-hmm. so deep. There's there, there's so many guys that can finish as a top five wide receiver this year. Yeah. Is there so many guys that can finish as the tight end one probably not right we probably Mm -hmm. see maybe three guys maybe with the tier being one or two you know so i think you have to look at how do i get the best advantage uh in my fantasy league i'm not sure Mm -hmm. if that's the way you've looked at things before or um if you you agree with that
1: yeah because uh i'm like if if, if you got my homes i'm like you're not having to worry about uh, who am i going to stream this week or if you take a late round quarterback on you know, who am I going to pair, you know, with that quarterback and, and the late in the late round quarterback strategy is, is great. I'm like J.J. Zacharyson, has done a phenomenal job of introducing that strategy or that concept to the industry. Yep. But I'm like, that was many years ago. If you look at things now, it's like if everyone is conditioned to go with that strategy, I think that's where the opportunity is at in that chaos, you know, kind of referencing Sun Tzu there for where you're like, OK, I may be able to get Mahomes in the third or maybe fourth round, depending on my league mates. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And then with Kelsey, I mean, if you have an elite tight end, you don't have to worry about which tight end am I going to stream this week. You could probably get by most of the season just rostering like one tight end. And so you lock up those two spots. Everyone has to adapt their strategy slightly if they're using tiers or just going down rankings. You know, you know, you have to know your league. But I'm like, if you lock in those two positions, there's going to be some value, you know, that presents itself. And then I just think we got to get out of this mindset of being so. I guess the right word is like conditioned, like with these different strat, uh, draft strategies, like oh, I must use, you know, uh, you know, value-based drafting, or I've got to do zero RB, you know, I, I got to do it. Best best feedback that I can give everyone is just, you know, do your research ahead of time, uh, have your sleepers list, you know, but use your your positional tiers because it's so less stressful because you just you just adapt to what your league makes you doing, and, and the value will be there. Believe me, it will.
0: Just trust your research. And to add, because that is a great point. That's a great mm-hmm. point. And to add to that, I think that I tweeted something out before. Everybody, I think, likes to have a strategy or a mindset going into their draft or have a list of guys, but we do see so many people that say before a draft, like, I want to go into this draft with this specific strategy in this round. I'm going to do this, you know, at this pick, I'm going to do this, but everything seems nice and black and white until you get into a draft and you realize it's not robotic. You saw if you participated in the Scott fishbowl for anybody listening, it was not predictable with the way that people drafted. You had all different Mm -hmm. sorts of people drafting. If you do a startup, I did a startup this past weekend, Mm -hmm. guys that we thought were going to go in the fifth, When in the second, like weird stuff happens. So I think like you are alluding to, like go in with some, some ideas about, Hey, I'm looking Mm -hmm. to draft these couple guys in this round, or I really like these few guys I'm going to target then. But Mm -hmm. I think going in with this specific zero RB or um, stack the RBs and, you Mm -hmm. know, not pivot off the draft, you have to kind of pivot Mm -hmm. off the way that the board is flowing sometimes because it's not predictable. It's not robotic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that point. I love that point. I'm going to have to clip that for sure, because I think that's a, it's good for fantasy because we, everybody talks about strategy, but strategy is, is one thing until it's a live draft and, and it's not going the way you thought it is, you know? So that's the, that's the fun of, of drafting. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So t- talking about elite, elite players, um, elite running backs. Uh, one thing we see out of some of the the top level guys is uh, pass catching, right? Mm-hmm. I, I pulled some data and I think it was from 2016 to 2020, something along those lines. And uh, like two-thirds out of guys that caught 60 or more passes were uh, top-12 running backs, something along those lines. I think it was two-thirds of guys that had like 60 or more receptions. So pass-catching running backs is are, are very, very good for, for fantasy. It's something I, I personally target all the time for PPR purposes. So it, it, it's interesting to look forward here for – the top-level pass-catching backs. And one guy comes to mind, he's in a a little bit different of a situation than he's been in before because the quarterback position is up for grabs depending on the way you look at it. But Alvin Kamara finally beat his three-year streak of catching 81 receptions in 2020. He went three years of catching 81 balls, and in 2020 he caught 83. So he beat that. So my question to you, Alvin Kamara, we know him as a pass-catcher. True or false? False. He will lead the running backs this year in running back receptions. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm going with true, uh, true on this one. Uh, you look at uh, Sean Payton. Um, he's been like a staple, you know, in uh, New Orleans, you know, since uh, 2006. I'm like, he's always historically leaned heavily, like, on his running backs. And I know people are up in arms over, what if it's James Winston? What if it's Taysom Hill? Oh, no. You know, it's like the sky is falling. It's like <laughs> the, the, the way I look at it is like it's Payton's scheme. I'm like it's a scheme. I'm like he he was the architect of this of this game, uh, and Drew Brees obviously helped, but he executed it to perfection, and I think a lot of people forget that. And so I, I still believe that the running backs will be heavily targeted. If you look since um, uh, 2006, like running backs in Peyton's scheme have averaged you know 10.6 targets, eight receptions, and 62 receiving yards per game. You know on, on my projections, you know Kamara projects for. A hundred plus targets and seventy-five plus receptions in twenty twenty-one, and that's you know whether Winston is in there under center or Hill. So,
0: it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I I like the point of like not thinking super heavy on the quarterback situation and thinking more about the team situation and the scheme of the way that the Saints have operated. It's the same coach. It's the same coach. Um, I I think that. I think that Kamara is going to be obviously one of the biggest playmakers. We, we don't look at anybody else outside of Michael Thomas as the clear-cut guy. A lot of people want to talk about Adam Troutman um, as a potential guy to step up. But if you look at the rest of the wide receivers, Traquan Smith, you go down the list like uh, Callaway, we're, we're not entirely sure who that guy's going to be. But we do know that Kamara is going to be given the football, whether he lines mm-hmm. up from the backfield or maybe he's in a slot. I mean, the guy can line up in different areas and be effective. Um, a couple guys, obviously we want to think about Christian McCaffrey being back as well, but then there's that kind of iffiness of, Hey, is he going to be overutilized coming off of those injuries? Not entirely sure. I think he's still going to be one of the best, if not the best running backs in the league. Um, I always think about Austin Eckler, uh, because of looking at what him and Justin Herbert did together. Uh, I talked about it before. The amount of targets he was getting, I think he had 16 in one game with, with Justin Herbert. That system also utilizes him a lot, but that system's changing. So that that's one comparison to maybe think about from, you know, my own perspective. I When I thought about it, I thought Austin Eckler. But I didn't think about what you just brought up. Hey, the coaching staff, are they the same or different? Alvin Kamara, same same team, same, same coaching staff from the head coaching point, uh, point of view. Austin Eckler, it's changing a bit. Not not saying that he won't pass catch a, a bunch, mm-hmm. but um, we we do know these guys are going to be elite at that, and uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. if he will regress and just start going back to that eighty one catch uh, catch rate again, uh, and go back mm-hmm. to what the norm was for him. That'll that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, another team we, we talked about before. Uh, we talked about the Colts changing. We just mentioned the quarterbacks for the the Saints being kind of a big question mark and how that's going to operate. Well, the Colts, I think, are a continued question mark for not Jonathan Taylor, who we talked about before, but the the quarterback in the wide receivers. So uh, Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagle, turns into a Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, new QB, this draws the question of who will be the target leader, so the target leader for the Colts this year. Last year, the order for the top four, Targeted players for the Colts was T.Y. Hilton, Nehaim Hines, Zach Pascal, and then Michael Pittman Jr. I want to ask about this guy, though, because people want badly some of the rookies from the previous year to break out. I, I mentioned Jerry Judy. That's one of like my guys. I want him badly to break out this year. Another guy that has been talked about a lot is Michael Pittman Jr. So true or false, Michael Pittman Jr. will be the leader in targets this year for the Colts. Do you think that's true or false? And if false, who do you think it is?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with false. You know, hope isn't always a, a viable strategy. I know people want Pittman <laughs> to, to kind of break out, but it, it'll be close. But I, I do see T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, leading the Colts in targets, uh, reception, receiving yards, and uh, receiving touchdowns. I'm like, we just want to push this guy out the pasture. But I'm like, he's had five seasons uh, on his NFL resume of like a thousand or more receiving yards. You know he's been a Pro Bowler four times. I'm like you've got Carson Wentz that's coming in. You know he's reunited with Frank Reich. Uh, I think it's a great thing uh, not only for for Wentz's career, but I think also for Hilton in 2021. So,
0: and if I were to look at ADP, I know he's going very very low. Um mm-hmm. But you know wide receiver 42 for PPR this past season. He he had some he had some big games where he was getting targeted a ton, 11 times, seven times the last two weeks of the season, seven times. So I think sometimes when a new quarterback comes into a system, we think, Hey, he's going to build a new connection with the new guy. And we're not sure who it is, but at the same time, knowing that you got that veteran on the field, he might be the easy target at times. Could, could, Mm -hmm. could Pittman be, you know, a red zone threat and have some nice value there. If he finds the red zone and, you know, score some touchdowns. Sure. But at the same time, you got a guy that is capable, and you know. And sometimes we get kind of shied away from the older guys when it's it's clear because, like you said, we have this hope for guys we might have taken in our rookie draft. So, yeah. um, I, I think I think the ADP says Pittman, but it it'll be interesting to see you know who who actually gets dra- uh, gets drafted a little bit higher closer to camp when when the camp talk comes out and says, hey, Carson yeah. Wentz has built a good connection with. X wide receiver. Yeah, very true. It's coming. All right. I think we got, I think we got, uh, two more here on the, the slot. Um, again, a, a lot of these questions have come from kind of dilemmas and back and forths I've seen on, on Twitter, if people kind of argue in one stance or the other and trying to figure out, Hey, how can I get a step ahead in, in this guy's ranking? If X happens And uh, one situation is the, the green Bay Packers, uh, don't like talking about them too, too much as a Bears fan, but it, it, it's necessary for fantasy purposes. But um, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, is a guy I've liked for fantasy. He's been a top five running back the past two seasons. Um, fantasy pros ADP that I checked earlier today has Jones as the RB 10 currently. But we have this big, big back and forth with the quarterback. He's on golf carts. He, he's making jokes. We don't know what's, what's going on um, with him. Uh, it might be Jordan love. We don't know. So, True or false, we should adjust Aaron Jones' ranking depending on if Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers or not this year. Do you think that's true or false?
1: Uh, I think that's false. I'm just, I'm chuckling over the, the Aaron Rodgers, you know, situation, all these cryptic messages, tweets. And so is photos, he, so is he though. I <laughs> know, uh, just photos while on vacation. I'm just like, come on. I'm like, let's, let's be adults about this. But regardless of his situation, I'm like, I don't think Jones's numbers, you know, will take a hit. i like, whether you've got Aaron Rodgers under center, you know, or Jordan Love, or if there's another quarterback that they'll bring in. But uh, one thing about Matt Lafleur's offense, I'm like, it does cater to players like Jones and in his strengths. And I, I think in the conversations uh, earlier this year, when he decided to sign with the Packers long term, uh, I'm sure some conversation around Aaron Rodgers' future it had to have come into that conversation. and so yeah exactly and so i just think it's a scenario where it's like hey we're still going to feed you know aaron jones i'm like the average you know 19 opportunities and 19 ppr fantasy points per game um i think over the last uh my memory serves me right uh i think two or three seasons but i'm like the point is i'm like that type of production still can continue in 2021 if we have jordan love that's under center um i like jones right now because he's a really really nice value just given the uncertainty around like Aaron Rodgers, you know, a lot of people are, are fading him. And I think he's a, he's a great target. I'm like, if you're, especially if you're, you're drafting like in the 11th or 12 spot in the 12 team uh, format, like at the turn, like being able to, to get him in the early part, early second round, like as your RB one. Um, I think that's solid. So no, I like him a lot.
0: I think so too. And he's a guy that we've seen do it all. We, he's, Mm -hmm. uh, he's rushed well. Um, He's found the end zone. He's had good um, reception stats. Uh, We've talked about pass catching running backs plenty on on this show, but a a guy who's had multiple five catch games for some decent yardage too. And, you know, I, I think you don't want to finesse your league, right? You don't want to like, you know, play the news or anything like that, but people (laughs) get uncomfortable sometimes when there's murky situations, you can't really read a situation. So, you actually might be able to, if you are in like a dynasty, trade for, for Aaron Jones for a decent value. And, and I, I think it's a recommendation because he's done it the past two seasons. I think he's very important to this team or they would not have extended him. I think dollars kind of talk sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, a lot of people love the quads on A.J. Dillon and, and all that. But you know that Aaron Jones is going to get the work. He's going to get the passing um, uh, flow as well. So um, I'm, I'm in on Aaron Jones until the – "Quote unquote," the wheels fall off and something changes like drastically, like a coaching turnover or something like that. I'm I'm with it, and I think that uh, he's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit, a little bit, just because other names are more popping right now, more popular uh, in comparison to him because of the Packers situation. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll end on a, a last note with the running back uh, to close things out. Um, another guy, some say he's the most underrated running back in fantasy. Some say mm-hmm. that. You know, they're worried about his injury history and things like that or, you know, what he can do in this offense if they let his quarterback cook, even though the coach says they want to establish the run. But weeks uh, one through five short sample size, but he started off the season well in 2020, RB5 across weeks one through five. He's got a career yardage of 3,270 rushing yards, 4.6 yards per carry uh, since entering the league in 2017. He seems kind of polarizing at times though. People have either a strong opinion about, you know, I draft this guy, he's a value or I'll let him fall off my draft, but it's Chris Carson. My question to you is, do you think that Chris Carson is the most underrated running back for fantasy? And if, if not, if somebody else comes to mind, let us know.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say that he is underrated. uh, Very underrated. It seems like year in and year out. It's just like people just underestimate Chris Carson and he's, Con, you know, I would say consistently, like, a value, like, in drafts, like, each year. Uh, like, really since 2018. Um, like, he's he's tied to the Seahawks offense, which has been very productive. Like, he's their starting and lead running back. And, like, he's averaged 19 opportunities, 92 total yards, and 15.5 PPR fantasy points since 2018. And if you look at this year, like, he's projected for around, you know, 280 opportunities. And, and by opportunities, you know, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but I mean, like, rushing attempts and targets combined. Uh, you know, 1,200 total yards and like 10 touchdowns. Uh, it's tough to get a player that's getting that type of an opportunity share and that type of production uh, in like the third, fourth, maybe even fifth round. Chris Carson is that guy. Don't hesitate to draft him.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you know, I I'm not a big camp talk guy, but you see him working out at camp. He looks like a, a linebacker. He doesn't look like a mm-hmm. running back. The guy's absolutely stacked, and he he always is getting after it. Has he had some? Injuries before, sure, but he hasn't actually missed like as many games as I think people kind of pin out for him to be um, or ha- have missed. But um, I-, I think the fact that DK Metcalf has emerged on this team uh, and Tyler Lockett actually is a guy that has been doing well across the years, actually helps Chris Carson, not as many stacked boxes. I think seeing this past season how much Metcalf has grown, I, I think expands the field for this guy. So uh, he's a guy I think. I saw a tweet the other the other day. It was like, "Would you take Daryl Henderson or you know Chris Carson at uh, an ADP of twenty one or something like that?" And it's it's wild that he 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 has the I think he has the ceiling to be a top twelve guy. I'm not going to say I'm going to rank him there, but if you mm-hmm. if, if he finishes the RB twelve or like thirteen or fourteen, I wouldn't be surprised. And you can get him mm-hmm. at a great value if he's getting you know drafted as the RB twenty one or twenty two. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. So, uh, again, Moody, appreciate your time. Uh, The whole point of the show, again, I I feel like during this time of year, um, it's a weird time because we're, like, kind of getting into stuff. We're getting the camp news. We're getting rumors. And it's nice to just talk about some some murky situations and some stuff we see in the fantasy community and just kind of, like, lay it out and say, hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about this. I would be worried about this. I think this guy could be the number one. I think this guy could be the number two. I mean, different situations. So I, I really appreciate your time. I think uh, jumping back and forth was entertaining for me, at least. Um, so <laughs> as we close things out, Moody, can you uh, let us know, of course, where to find you on any social media? And then if you want to plug something that you have coming up, I'd, I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can do that. But I would say, first of all, yeah, Nick, You know, thanks for the invite. We'll have to do this again uh, you know, very very soon. so hey it's been a blast. but you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know as a senior fantasy analyst uh, over at uh, Pro Football Network, you know I create a lot of different types of content, you know written content, audio content and uh, video content all around fantasy football. but I can't stress enough you know at, at PFN, I'm like we're the primary voice for pro Football. a lot of content, not just fantasy football, latest NFL news, rumors, analysis on betting. NFL draft, you know, college football and more. I would say one thing that I've been working on like quite a bit this summer, uh, which will end up launching like a a draft kit here in the near future. So a lot of different player profiles, you know, that Tommy Garrett and I have been putting together along with some other surprises with the draft kit. But I will plug at least some uh, recent content that I've had, you know, that I've had published. Uh, One is a 2021 IDP sleepers where, you know, I go through a lot of different sleepers for uh, for those that play like IDP. I also had a piece recently that talked about, uh, you know, rookies to uh, target like in in redraft leagues that can provide like immediate value. Also kind of touched on uh, run heavy uh, fantasy offenses, uh, also with pass heavy fantasy offenses that you should target. Uh, and also uh, we kind of hit it on this earlier, but even with the uh, the fantasy strategy around, should I take a QB early or late, you know, where I kind of walk through the rationale uh, on that particular strategy and what your fantasy team could look like if you implement it. I know we touched on stacks too. I had a piece where I talked about um, stacking in our uh, fantasy football and different stacks that you can prioritize, like in your redraft leagues. Uh, so I've got a lot of content, you know, that's over at our pro football network that you can check out, but from a social media lens, I'm like, you can find me, uh, everywhere like on Twitter, you know, Instagram, uh, you know, LinkedIn, uh, even at clubhouse, uh, you can find me at Eric in Moody. You'll be able to find me there, but Hey, Nick, thanks again for the invite. Hey, it's been a pleasure. And, um, until next time, my friend.
0: Absolutely. And super appreciative. Uh, definitely check out Moody's work. Um, he he just laid it all out. If you're an IDP guy, to started playing IDP this past season. And I I love it. Uh, check check it out. Uh, he, he's talking about schemes. He's talking about um, draft strategies, everything. So I, I love the fact that you are not just super singular on one topic and you expand into everything fantasy because the fantasy world is bigger than most people actually realize. So uh, yeah. again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for something specific, I bet you Moody has written about it. So definitely check him out on Pro Football Network. Um, thank you guys for listening live. Or if you listen listened on uh, Apple, I- iTunes, or Spotify, or Anchor, any of those things, really appreciate that. Uh, be at it next week on a live stream and different sorts of infographics, articles, and things throughout the week for me. So uh, have a nice night, everybody, and uh, appreciate the support.
1: Thank you.